2: This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
3: And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks.
4: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks and NFL Inside Report. Oh, yeah. A little little two-for-one special crossover, crossover crossover edition today. Uh, Excited. It's great to be back with Buck and Rhett here in the studio. Uh, The draft is behind us, and we need to dig into it, guys. So I, I think what we do today is we go, let's go through the whole first round. We'll alternate picks. Yeah. Just kind of our quick snapshot of what happened in round one. Then we're going to pick a couple of our favorite drafts that we liked overall. And then, overall, and yeah. then we've got to talk about what went down with the quarterbacks. Definitely, that's a discussion that needs to take place. But I, I figured let's not uh, let's not waste any time. Let's jump in. Uh, let's go every other one here. There's three of us. Uh, yeah. Why don't you start us off, Buck? with the Jags, because you were in Jacksonville for the draft.
5: Yeah, so the Jaguars take Trayvon Walker, I guess, as expected. Uh, By the time we got to it, that was kind of the conversation. It went from being, hey, there are four guys, to then it was down to Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, which one did you want? They elected to go with Trayvon Walker. And in being down in Jacksonville, I thought the interesting thing coming out of the conversation wasn't the fact that he was a guy that was a little bit of the Swiss Army knife up front. He could play anywhere from nose all the way out wide it was they view him as an outside linebacker they're gonna put him at one position and park him they yeah. believe he can be heavy-handed play on the edge be a solid run defender they believe he can grow into being an effective pass rusher yeah. and they just yeah. wanted someone who was powerful who could get better by what they said is mastering one position as opposed to doing all the other stuff
4: yeah and and one little point we'll move on to the second yeah. one i i I kind of was mad at myself because when I was getting ready the last couple of days for the start of the draft, and it, I don't know why it just dawned on me there with that decision, which was those running backs you got in that division when you've got Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. I yeah. think maybe that gave a little bit of the edge to the more physically
6: imposing, dominant run defender. Why? Probably why we saw Devin Lloyd go. You know, yeah, they in, loaded in the up. The they loaded up too. on
4: defense, and they came back with Muma as well. Didn't correct? They so completely
6: does. reshaped the second level of their defense. Right Absolutely. There. Now they didn't take a tackle the entire draft. So yeah. all that talk about maybe Iki Aquanu being in play at 1. <laughs> yeah,
4: what once the once the franchise tag yeah. of Cam Robinson happened and then once the extension happened it was like it's,
6: it's they're, so. they're out. Yeah. All right. Um all so. right,
4: I'll get to pick number 2 Aiden Hutchinson, not a surprise. They ran this thing up so fast. Oh my Literally, god. The pick yeah. was in and it was like boom. All right, they're uh, that that's done. And there was some debate. I had heard a lot of chatter the day before which was if there was if there was a situation where you had uh Iki go 1 cuz that had been floated around somehow. Yeah. If Iki went 1 I think there was a little bit of a debate in Detroit about Walker versus Hutchinson. So I think we all just assume if Hutchinson's on, if he's there, they run the card up, which they did run the card up, but it would have been fascinating. Mm. We didn't get to see it. It would have been fascinating if Icky would have went one and they had that decision that the Jags had, uh, what they would have done. I loved Hutchinson, to me, the best player in the draft. It's a perfect, perfect fit there. Couldn't get yeah. better. And he even dressed it like, he dressed like a villain. Yeah, he know? did. Which I kind of like. I kinda did appreciate that. Guy.
6: And played it up. He had all the juice going oh, up yeah. on stage. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Love seeing it. Love the reaction with the family, all that. Uh, number three Texans go with Derek Stingley Jr. Look, I, you know, a little bit of a surprise, I think still uh, based on how much we all like Sauce Gardner seeing Stingley go ahead of Sauce at the cornerback spot. But man, we were talking about Stingley being one of those risers in the last two weeks. His team's got more comfortable with his injury and his medical. We know he's got the elite talent. We saw it in 2019. And uh, I was a, I was a little surprised that that's where Houston ended up going, knowing they needed just about everything. But, you know, they've been searching for a corner for about the last, I don't know, 10 years since Jonathan Joseph left.
5: So love you. kind of kind of put some breadcrumbs out yeah. there for us when he talked about we don't have the kind of corners that we need to play the style of defense that we want to play what's interesting about the Derek stingley pick over sauce Gardner, i think we all would say that 2019 Derek stingley was anything and everything that you wanted five-star yeah. player play like that um i thought i found it fascinating that being able to go back to 2019 because there was so much conversation and how Three, year, they go back three years. His freshman year, Whew. but seeing the one-on-one tapes, yeah, going against Jamar Jefferson, Chase, and Jamar practice. Chase. Yeah, I think that really helped Derek Stingley's case because you're seeing two guys that are dominating at the NFL level. We right. had a chance to go through the archives, and he held and see, their own. Yeah, how he held his own against those guys.
6: And then you got Sauce at
5: four. Yeah, so Sauce for me was prototype. Long arms, rangy, uh, perfect football character in terms of New York. Uh, We know what that defense looks like when you have a premier corner on the edge. I think he's the right fit, and I think he has the right temperament and mentality to succeed in New York with all the expectations and all the other stuff that comes along with being a Jet.
4: Yeah, I just think about that position group and what that looks like. You know, last year, um, what that group was, and now you bring in D.J. Reed. So D.J. Reed starts the offseason as your most talented corner, right? You get him and Bryce Hall. And then now all of a sudden, you add Sauce Gardner, and it just shuffles the lineup, pushes the lineup down. In baseball, we always talk about you want to deepen your lineup. That's how you do it. They deepen their lineup, man. And this is, I think he's got a chance to be a true number one corner. It's just, when we walked up right by him before the draft, and you guys saw him in India, he is so tall, so long. Like, there's a presence to him. There's something to be said when the Jets would get off the bus last year. It's a small team. It's a little team and yeah. now all of a sudden you look at what they've done and we'll get through the rest of their picks well. here. They got bigger. They got bigger, and I think that's a, that's an interesting little subplot there to what they accomplished.
5: Yeah, no, I think it's really interesting being able to have him on the, on the edge and do something so to do do that old defense.
4: All right, let's get to number five here, the Giants. This one to me was a little bit of a surprise. I did not think they would go Thibodeau. They went Thibodeau yep. at five. I think the way it fell, and we talked about it a lot, I'm, I'm sure everybody was thinking the same thing. Once they had all the tackles on the board, it made it easy for them to say, we'll hold off on the tackle. We're gonna get one at seven because you know automatically. Yeah. And if some reason, if Carolina would shock us or Carolina would trade, then we could lose, Th- lose we might lose yeah. Thibodeau. Yeah. So if that Thibodeau was your guy, you take him there at five, which they did. Um gives him uh, you know, gives him some juice, gives him a fastball off the edge. It'll be a, a good young combination with him. Last year, Aziz ojalari kind of quietly had eight sacks as a rookie. And nice year. And to me, when you when you're a team that stinks and you get close to 10 sacks with the limited pass rush opportunities because you don't get to play with a lead, um, that means he's a double-digit sack player if they get their team going.
5: And I think you can't underestimate the coach. Wing Martindale has dealt with big personalities. I don't think Kayvon Thibodeau's personality and that stuff will bother him because yeah. he had to deal with Sizzle and Matt yeah. Deshaun <laughs> and some of the other guys on the team. I think it works.
6: So then we get to number six, and I just didn't think in all the scenarios that the Panthers would have their pick. Of the offensive tackle class, yeah. there at six, we go straight. I thought they might get wiped out. Exactly, exactly, and we go defense one through five, which you know is is something uh, that that certainly. You know, I, it obviously did happen. I don't know what we thought could have happened. So the fact that the Panthers were able to get the guy who they viewed as the best tackle in this class, guy who we all kind of viewed as the best tackle in this class, too. I, I mean, it just that was a, another slam dunk there once we felt like they weren't going quarterback. Yeah, that was where they were going. Yeah. There was no, no mystery. Yeah. That one. No. So right, six got, with a Quanu, Nice. Seven.
5: Evan Hill. Yeah. So Evan Neal, I, I believe he was the guy that the Giants wanted all the way because you have Ryan Dayball, the relationship with Alabama, kind of knowing exactly what you're getting because he can make those phone calls to Nick Saban and kind of figure out what is the best way to go about uh, your business with Evan Neal. It's a great fit. You put him on the right tackle. You have Andrew Thomas on the side. So I think you. Can... Yeah. By
4: the way, I was. We talked about this on yeah. Path. Never all that stuff got out about them having Charles crosses as, as their number one tackle made no sense to me. I'm like, right. there's no way they've got a left tackle. Charles cross. I believe is a left tackle only, okay. right? Yeah. Why in the world would you go yeah. draft when you got this young left tackle was played well last year. And Andrew Thomas to me, Evan Neal was always, always that guy. Think about the,
6: the way that they paired things up here. Young pairings now yeah. with Ojalari and Thibodeau and now Thomas and Neal.
4: Yeah. Pretty yeah, cool. That's yeah, good bookends yeah. on, on both sides of the ball.
6: Yeah. Um, all right. Eight was
4: uh, the Fun. Falcons. Yeah. They go with Drake London. So first receiver off the board, we had talked about this. Twin towers now, yeah, man. We, we talked about this yeah. forever. They're going to play tall ball with yeah. Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, the question was pass rusher, which you had a pass rusher in Jermaine Johnson there. His team, I think, 18 sacks last year. I think they lost like six or eight of them in, in the off season. So yeah. I thought, man, they've got to address the pass rush. Maybe they would do pass rush, but I think at the end of the day, they... To me, this is what this looks like. To me, they're kind of building this team, and whether or not it's for Ritter, you know, we'll see where they got Ritter. He'll get an opportunity to be that guy of the future. If not, they're trying to build the foundation here for maybe the quarterback next year um, and give him some weapons. with With London and Pitts, a good combination.
5: Yeah, it's a really good combination. Talk about being able to play that big boy ball on the perimeter. Uh, London certainly helps them in the red zone.
6: Seahawks at nine went Charles Cross and look this is one of those situations where like we view philosophically Seattle as a ground and pound type of team generally right and Cross is the guy with the most pass blocking reps of any tackle in this class coming from the Mike Leach system and you're like okay uh, they
4: got two Mike's, Mike Leach offensive tackles I know Abraham
6: Lucas too right later and uh, but so it's not that he can't be a dominant run blocker. We just have didn't see that much. Yeah. yeah, so maybe that's they 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 view Charles as having that kind of potential anyway. As we get back to the Jets now at
5: ten, so Garrett Wilson at ten, and you know there was some conversation. I think DJ you talked about Garrett Wilson maybe going to them at four because yeah. they wanted the playmaker. That's the how I put runner. it. Yeah, you know, and so now you get him at ten. You got a guy to pair with uh, Eli Moore on the outside. They can throw it all over the yard. They're better up front. It's just a nice fit.
4: Yeah. No, it's uh. To me, for them to come out with that daily double, with what they got with Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson, the fun thing about Not this... All ones are going to be must-see. It's going to be great at, at training camp. And <laughs> you think about what that receiving core looked like a couple years ago and look at what it looks like now. And again, now Corey Davis gets slotted differently. Yeah. Now you look at him differently.
6: still got Berrios. Yeah, you've Mims. got
4: Berrios. Mims, I've been told, has been off the charts in the offseason stuff. Buck, this could guy, exciting. it's going to be fun. I think everybody's kind of forgot. They could go five. They could go five deep at wideout. And they're gonna. What they're doing too is they're baking in. Well, think about the tight ends, right? C.J. Uzama, yeah. Conklin, They ended up getting Ruckert in this draft. Yeah, they're gonna have so many easy completions baked in. You talk about the Shanahan scheme all the time, Buck. Like you start the game, but you should start the game with seven, eight completions, just off, <laughs> yeah. just off bubbles and quicks and, and boots,
5: boots and, and just making it easy for Zach Wilson.
4: To get so out. I think that's the plan there. Uh, all right, I'm up with uh, Chris Olave. So we go back to back Ohio State wideouts. The Saints move up for Olave. I had talked to a general manager, uh, a Super Bowl winning general manager, a couple days before the draft, and he was not buying this business with the Saints not taking a quarterback. I said, What? Well, everybody's told me they're not taking a quarterback. They think they're close. They want a couple good players. And he goes, How in the world do you trade a future one and a future two and you're going to come away with a receiver and a tackle? Like he's like, That just doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm, <laughs> that's what they
6: did. That's what they did. That's, that's that's exactly we thought what they, they were going. It's exactly what they did. Yeah. They
4: feel like they're close, and they started to see that run on wideouts, and they were like, Mm-mm. "We're not sitting back here and letting this uh, fall to us because it's not going to fall to us." So they went up and got Chris Olave, and
5: Chris Olave was the guy that I thought was the perfect compliment to Michael certainly.
4: List Oh, they right love to and they love back. Ohio State. Yeah, Nobody yeah. loves Ohio State more Pete than more last than year. Yep. Oh, uh, uh, the Von Bell. Silly enough, the whole secondary the used Every, to be Ohio State guys. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Marshawn Lattimore, a whole deal. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, what do you got next?
6: Uh, all right. Next up, I've got the Detroit Lions who made the biggest move up in the first round, moving up 20 picks, 32 to 12, trading with Washington to get the wide receiver out of Alabama, Jameson Williams. So third straight wide receiver with Columbus, Ohio connections there, which is kind of nuts. Be
4: honest. Be honest. Because um, I was on the spot when this trade happened. Was there any part of your being that <laughs> thought that was for Jamison no, Williams?
6: No, not a chance. Not happened. Not a single <laughs> chance. Not I thought that. it was Jermaine Johnson, or or, 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 or the quarterback, it was the or, or, quarter. or, yeah. or
4: was you know they they had coached Malik Willis. There yeah. was all that rumor and buzz, like maybe they take Malik Willis the second pick. None of us were really buying that. But I was told that morning that they were calling up to multiple teams inside the top ten. So I had even said like, it's got to be a quarterback, right? Like you're going to come from yeah. that portion the of the draft bottom. all the way back up. It's gotta be a quarterback. First of all, they they didn't have to give up hardly anything. They they came way short on the points. When, yeah. when you put in that trade. I thought they would have you to mean, be a future two or a future one. Yeah. They swapped twos. They swapped twos. And then got a five. Yeah. It. it was like nothing. Yeah, so to for go up 20 there, spots. Yeah, that's a that's a big move. So good. Kudos to, to Detroit. To yeah, pull Brad that
6: Holmes off. did a nice job. I, and, I and just got a weapon. Wide receiver just wasn't in the stream register with me. We didn't think they would take it at two, obviously. And then at 32, you're like, oh, they're all going to be gone at 32. So yeah. they're not going to go there. Once
5: again, yeah. credit to the head coach for being transparent. He said, I don't believe we need an elite quarterback to be able to get it done. And so he told us that. There you go. They weren't in to go. Yeah. All, all right. right hit we us got. up so with 13, right? 13 Philadelphia Eagles, Jordan Davis, another one. You know, we go all the way back. We talk about the Eagles and what the Eagles like to invest in. Upfront guys, yep. personnel. So you get Jordan Davis who, look, size-wise, you can think about putting him either beside Fletcher Cox or if it's lieber pacing Fletcher Cox. It was a good move for me. Athletic can do everything you want to see up front.
4: Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people forget about Javon Hargrave. Javon Hargrave was the Hargrave. best interior rusher. Yeah, like he, he can really rush. I know the number, the sack numbers aren't incredible, but this is somebody that can rush inside. He's got ability. So com- combine him with Jordan Davis, you get to learn from Big Fletch. Um And I thought it was 10 years, I believe. We said it on the air. I think it was 10 years ago i was in philly for that draft traded up a few spots for fletcher, Cox, fletcher. and they did the same thing here with jordan davis makes Getting, sense by the way first of many times teams got ahead of the ravens because ravens have profiles for players yeah, everybody you said just, like no. this yeah we talk about jordan davis if he's there at 14 he's a raven which gets me to 14 yeah. and that's kyle hamilton and i think there is a good chance kyle hamilton would have been the pick even if jordan davis were there i think the grades are very high on on kyle hamilton we All in on it. safety this offseason. Yeah, no, and Marcus that's the Williams thing. Now. Now, you spent, they've always invested in safety. They've yeah. always believed in it. While the rest of the league says it's not an important position, they say the opposite. You've got Chuck Clark who now can mm-hmm. drop down and play low. You've got those two guys that can play high. So the importance, and this is kind of a longer discussion, which we'll have a chance to get into more in the offseason, which we love to do on this pod. But if you are going to be playing light boxes like the league has has really gone to to try and limit explosives and big plays, you need safeties that can, that can flat-footed read, mm-hmm. drive, and tackle. So now you're in a situation with, with Kyle Hamilton that can help you play. You can play coverage, but he can still come down and fill and do everything you want to do from that standpoint from depth.
5: They talked about three safety looked, and he could be the dime linebacker. Yeah, and he can
6: do all that stuff. As a big dude, six yeah. foot four, two 215 pounds, let's move to number 15 where the Houston Texans, uh, after the trade with the Eagles, Move back two spots. And they get a guy that we had kind of talked about as maybe sliding out of the first round due to some injury concerns. Kenyon Green, the offensive guard slash Play four positions. yeah, but it feels like they're going to move. They're going to kick Titus Howard back out to right, leave him at right tackle and maybe like Kenyon green slip in there at, at one of the guard spots.
4: I dropped him a few spots at the very end of the process because yeah. of some concerns that I was were relayed to me about his knee. So yeah. But if you're talking about just ability, the interior offensive line wise, there. he was he's kind of the guy is 320 pounds or whatever he is. He's just a bigger, bigger dude who can really move and do a lot of things. So, um, again, everybody's medical staff is different. They're yeah. comfortable with it. And I hope it's right. because He's a great player. Yeah,
5: really good player. So another good player. How about a Washington Commanders and Jahan Dotson coming over? They have desperately needed someone to go opposite Terry McLaurin. Mm-hmm. Now you get a speed player, a guy who yeah. is terrific with a ball in his hands. And as we think about this offense trying to bake in some easy completions for Carson Wentz, you have someone who can do something with a ball in his hands.
6: Yeah, pair him up there with Terry McLaurin, and you're just giving some, uh, some more targets for Carson Wentz there at 16.
4: 17, Zion Johnson to the Chargers. You know, I think a lot of people would be surprised by this just because Penning was there. You'd say, okay, you take Penning, you put him at right tackle, you've got your bookends, you're rocking and rolling uh, with two young tackles going forward. But in in talking to those guys the couple days before the draft, they had talked about the fact that You know, we want to get the best offensive lineman and we're going to get the best offensive lineman. We're going to put him in there and go what they were not concerned with. Either it's a guard or a tackle. They feel like they have some versatility there. I know Storm Norton had his struggles last year at right tackle, uh, but there were a few games last year where Trey Pipkins got in there and they thought he had taken major steps. Mm -hmm. I think they're comfortable with the fact Trey Pipkins could be their right tackle next year. The light sometimes comes on a little bit later for guys, small school player. But I wouldn't be surprised if that's their lineup with Zion Johnson at right guard and then right tackle ends up being Trey Pipkins when it's all said and done. So uh, Zion Johnson, rock solid, smart, tough. I mean, from them, right guard to left tackle is as good as any in the league right now. Yeah. From what that offensive line looked like Corey two years Linsley ago. In in the middle. Yeah. So you get Corey Lindsley, Filer, Rashawn Slater. It's, it's good. They just got to figure out what to do at right tackle.
6: All right, so that brings me back here at number eighteen, which got a little crazy with mm. the trade, as uh, Philadelphia acquired AJ Brown from the Tennessee Titans for the 18th overall pick. And then at 18, the Tennessee Titans take our Traylon Burks comp or take uh, AJ Brown's comp. Oh, don't even get deal. me started yes. on this.
4: I gotta tell Bucky this story. <laughs> oh, he has okay, no here we go. Yet. So here we go. Let's go inside the draft. We are uh we we've got the trade. The Philadelphia Eagles acquire AJ Brown. Okay, we're gonna break down AJ Brown, bing bang, boom. And then all of a sudden, the Titans are on the clock. The Titans take Traylon Burks. I'm like, this is a dream. This is my comp. Like, it doesn't yeah. get any better than this. Look, Traylon Burks is going to replace AJ Brown. So I'm sitting here. I've got the Eagles. I've got the Titans. I've got AJ Brown. I've got Traylon Burks. Roll the highlights. All right, Traylon Burks highlights are rolling, and I'm talking about Jalen Hurts is going to be throwing the ball to uh, Traylon Burks, and Nick Sirianni is going to know what to do yeah. with Traylon Burks. Hey, dummy. Yeah. Traylon Burks is on the Titans. <laughs> AJ Brown is on the Eagles, and I'm just sitting there. So I, right. fi- I finish. I finish finish the breakdown usually i finish the breakdown i look at cd and he's just re- he's ready to roll and is looking at me like this <laughs> <laughs> what? and i and, and it hits me like oh yeah that's 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 not right yeah aj brown <laughs> is with the eagles and then the ship sailed By the way it was marquise over
6: marquise brown then gets yeah, traded yeah, it and was, i'm like it wait, was uh, my head world, was swimming Bravest and so eagles.
4: you guys know me the whole rest of the draft i'm like <laughs> oh you're mad
6: what's wrong with you yeah Yeah. Uh, anyways
4: that was inside the draft there
6: (laughs) (laughs) but i love it i love i love now that you got uh, the titans have Traylon burks uh and then they've got robert woods you know nice little setup there for for ryan Tanner.
4: and the the thing that this is what's so cool about the draft is we scrimmage this stuff we talk about this all the time Buck. we scrimmage this stuff and then it happens and so you're like you know we talked about this this is that where he was picked it's like a three and a half million dollar a year salary
6: yeah Versus, Compared
4: to twenty five, yeah, which I think what when you when you add that extra year, I think what twenty one, twenty two, yeah. whatever, whatever yeah. you ended up getting, like that's a massive it's value. It's a
5: massive savings. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll have to talk about this on a later thing. I don't think they could pay AJ Brown that kind of money when you have Derrick Henry making half of that yeah you know, i think it upsets the apple cart when everyone in the building knows that derrick henry is the engine that makes that offense go
4: interesting interesting subplot though uh, all right so where are we 19 at? and
6: trevor penning.
5: 19 yeah. trevor penning going to the saints so they did it they yeah. were able to get the big play receiver they were able to make sure they replaced taron armstead they get trevor penning to go in that spot they were able to get the guy that they wanted Right at the spot that I don't know if we thought Penning would get there. We thought he'd be in range. 17 could have been gone. So it worked. Yeah, yeah. And, so it worked, it worked for the Saints. They were upgraded squad.
6: And, and yeah, just quickly, um, I don't know how this worked out on, on the Rhett Lewis mock draft, but I do <laughs> I do want to say that uh, our old colleague Shanika uh, Dabney Henderson, who's down with the Saints yeah. now asked me to do a little mock for the Saints picks in the first three rounds. Just want to say that that's the official record because that was Alave and Penning. Come
4: on. Yes. You got them
6: both? Got, got them both. So got just both. put that that's in true. the old show.
4: Shanika, you might have there. to send us a Send us a tweet or a text yeah. and let us know if that's accurate. <laughs> I
5: don't just just some verification. Uh, but you're
6: you're back with Kenny, I think,
4: you All right, yep. So Steelers, Kenny Pickett. Um, this is kind of what we had heard. Uh yeah. we talked about that they seem to be leaning in that direction maybe a, a couple weeks before the draft. It's kind of uh while we were talking about Pickett with the Steelers. And it was fascinating to have Coach Tomlin on because sometimes we use the terminology and, and we talk in certain ways and and then you'll hear the explanation from the team side, maybe it's a little different. This was literally the exact, he used the word floor. He said, we loved <laughs> Kenny Pickett's floor. Yeah. And we had, we had framed this decision as floor ceiling.
6: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: He is the floor quarterback and that's not a bad thing. No. Especially when you feel good about the rest of your roster. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think he's got a good chance to be starting. I too. We, we asked him, is he going to be in the competitions? Oh yeah. He's oh yeah. In the competition to start. And once Trubisky, Trubisky signed initially we, we talked about, well, You know, maybe Trubisky. And then we
6: saw the contract numbers go, nope, that's backup contract. That's not starting contract. Correct. Exactly right. Uh, So that brings us to 21 with the Kansas City Chiefs who moved up to this spot in a trade with the New England Patriots. And they end up getting, you know, arguably the most fundamentally sound corner in this draft and Trent McDuffie. And I, I remember when they were sitting back there at 29 and 30, I was like, man, they really need a corner. I just don't know if there's going to be one there that fits the value, and they end up going up and getting the third-best corner in this class in Trent McDuffie. Great fit. I talked they to, needed one back. I talked to Veach uh, before the draft,
4: and I said, you know, hey, you've got the ammunition. If you want to go all the way up, you can go up. And he's like, ah, no. He said, we got some things we need to get done. You know, I think they wanted the picks. Yeah. So. They ended up doing it, especially defensively.
5: Yeah, defensively, they really upgraded. This guy is terrific. He'll allow them to play the kind of defense they want to play yeah. on the outside And Spags, his defense.
6: And a little less risky than uh, Marcus Peters is in, in the way that he plays when <laughs> yeah, they drafted yeah. him out of Washington. Yeah. same school, years different years players.
5: Same yeah. school, different players. So the Green Bay Packers, Quay Walker, this to me was all about the types, the, the traits, mm-hmm. the prototype. They wanted a big physical linebacker, even though people talked about N'Kobe Dean was the guy that was the tone setter there. Quay Walker is the one that you looked at and was like, that is what an NFL linebacker should look like. Sideline to sideline chaser. You put him on the field beside Devondre Campbell. And when you think about this Packers defense quietly, they've kind of carried the water for the last couple of years in Green Bay. That should continue with these young guys coming to join
6: Love us. that no receiver pick. You love that all six wideouts oh, were gone know, by 18. You didn't loved to, it. You didn't even have to mess with right. it. Yeah. But
5: it, well, to, well, me, well, to well. me, it was the smart
4: thing to it do. Was. It was. Because the gap between the players you six had available and, and the next best receiver yep. was tremendous. So, um, And they ended up doing all right in the, in the wideout department. All right, I next agree. up, Buffalo ends up trading up. Uh, and they end up taking Kyrie Elam. I had Kyrie Elam going to the Chargers in the mock draft. And this is one of those guys that... I liked him. I didn't love him on the tape. Um, There was, I thought it was just a little too much separation at times, but height, weight, speed, toughness, all that stuff checks out. Um, But there was just some stuff. I thought when he had to work back downhill, you saw a little bit of separation. Uh, Some tackling was a little bit inconsistent, not for a lack of want to, but when I talked, made calls kind of the week of, and uh, it was the teams were much higher, much yeah. higher. And, and when you see the video they released of his interview with the team sitting in there and you see his notes that he had kept and how much of a kind of a pro he already was, I'm like, okay, that's the missing piece we didn't have. As this guy seems like he's dialed
6: in, so much more value mm-hmm. in getting that piece that they needed opposite Tredavious White, yeah. and you know, depending on where Tredavious White yeah, is going to rehab, he probably
4: might not be ready for the start of the season. There so. you go.
6: You had they had to have a corner as opposed to they're okay at running back right now because we had talked about Brees Hall maybe there.
5: So. Yeah, but also it fits kind of the profile. You think yeah. about the picks that the Buffalo Bills have; they all have these guys that are like blue collar, working yeah. like guys that are professional,
4: a total pro, that, yeah, and that's yeah, and that's, that's one, one of those reason. reasons why I think he was my. I think I had him in the early 40s on my top 50 list. And I feel comfortable with that off the tape. When you hear him speak and you hear how he's wired, I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it why he uh, why he yeah. was more loved around the league.
6: Let's move to Tyler Smith at number 24 to the Dallas Cowboys. They needed offensive lineman help. And, and Tyler gives them, I think they, they announced him as a tackle. Yeah, he's going to play. He's going to play tackle yeah. there, so he'll jump in where Lyle Collins left in free agency to go to the Cincinnati Bengals, and so Tyler Smith will fill in there at right tackle. And look, you're starting to rebuild that offensive line, rebuild that you know that prestige that you had you know about five to seven years ago as the best offensive line in football, no doubt. All right,
5: yeah, here we go. So let's go twenty five. The Baltimore Ravens. Team. Yes, we had talked about the Ravens did not have anybody who could snap, so they had to get it. <laughs> uh, we worried about. Telling Lindenbaum in terms of size, but I think the thing that really impacted the success that they had with Marsha Yonder, I think it influenced yeah. them because another hour. product. And they
4: love Kirk Ferentz. They have a great relationship I so, And they there. just
5: they just believe in what Iowa produces and based on how those guys have played in the league successfully, I understand why they made a pick.
4: Yeah, no doubt. Um, and you think about, you know... <laughs> Just the, their, their profile, he doesn't fit from the size. And I, we had talked about that. But temperament-wise, like, T- Linderbaum's a bully. Like, that's how he plays, and that's what what Baltimore loves. By the way, they did go enormous. Another one of the weird comps, Daniel Falele was an Orlando Brown Jr. Oh, cop yeah. and then He they, ends they up they going to the Ravens. Them. They love yeah, big dudes. Good one. Um, all right. So, next, I am up with 26, and this is the Jets trading back in for Jermaine Johnson. I've got no answer because I know if you've listened to us, the question that you're thinking is how – God's green earth is Jermaine Johnson available at 26. I've got no answer. And I've talked to multiple GMs, talked to buddies around the league. Is there, what am I missing? it was this guy done. And
6: yeah, I'm like,
4: No, no. I just teams, teams had wide receiver needs and offensive line needs. We saw six wide receivers go. I think we had nine offensive linemen go in the first round. Yeah, So teams were need focused and they went, we had those three edge rushers go early and there was the gap. But to me, this was the Clearly, easily the biggest value pick of the first round. I mean, I he was my ninth overall player. They got him at twenty-six. Yeah. So you're plus seventeen on that. That's big. Oh my big. gosh. And you go look at this this Jets D-line, guys. Now, when you had Carl Lawson, who did not play at all last so year on that free agent contract. So he's coming back into that mix. And now now again, we talk about reshuffling the lineup and lengthening out your lineup. Now you've got Quinn Williams, you've got Sheldon Rankins you've got Lawson, you've got Jermaine Johnson. You can roll through John Franklin Myers who can move up and down the line of scrimmage. They drafted Michael Clemens later. They brought back Vinnie Curry and kind of a, you know, he'll have a spot role there. They've kind of
1: that's
6: a dudes. They got dudes up front. Good group for sure. And then Jacksonville trades back. up. So we had two trades back into the back end of the first round from teams that didn't have any more picks in the first round. Uh, so it was the Jets there with Johnson. Now the Jaguars do it with Devin Lloyd. So obviously took Trayvon Walker at one. They come back up. Remember, they lost Miles Jack in free agency, right? So he went yep. to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, you know, that that second level of their defense, you know, they needed to figure out and they get the best linebacker, you know, in the draft. Uh, I, I think, you know, at least in my opinion, they're coming from Utah and now they get some length back there in the second level a guy that can make plays really all over the place he can rush the passer a little bit he forces fumbles he can pick passes off and he's a tackler.
4: By, by the way in, in off the ball linebackers and we can say oh it hasn't yeah. been valued as much and maybe that's why some of these guys have gone down it, it's valued in jacksonville yeah. i mean when they when they go out and pay oluokan they go out they draft devin lloyd in the third round they pay end up back get with chad muma. muma who's a great player who we all love I mean, they 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 think it's important there at the second level. Yeah, I think
5: also we talk about building your team to win a division. Uh, You talk about the running backs. Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, being able to have to deal with those guys. you got to have big bodies all around the front seven to be able to get that done.
4: All right, who do you got, Buck?
5: Uh, Devontae Wyatt going to Green Bay Packers, another interior piece. And the the Packers have done this over and over and over again. Not only did they get teammates, but when they drafted Kenny Clark years ago, you're like, man, Kenny Clark, do they need someone on the inside that can do it? And so you look inside, they just get another athletic piece, another guy that can play at the point of attack. I think they're going to lean heavily on their defense while this offense is still trying to find their identity with Aaron Rodgers.
6: Well, this was strange <laughs> or was it, <laughs> or was it, or, you know, we talked about uh, as soon as we heard the Cole strange, UT Chattanooga offensive lineman going to the new England Patriots at 29. You're like, okay, here comes Logan Mankins again. Right. But kind of was a little bit off the radar as a Fresno state offensive lineman. They ended up taking him and ended up being one of the best guards in, in football for a long time. I certainly hoping that's what they can do with Cole strange here, you know, who fit fills a void if they sent Shaq Mason off to the Tampa Bay bucks. And I look there you go. I mean, it just, it, it's strange because we didn't have him going in the first round, but it fits what the Patriots do because they're always a little bit different.
4: Yeah. So let me, I want to jump in on yes. this one here. So Cole strange, he was my 74th player. Okay. So now I want you to then unpack the rest of it. So you go, okay, 74th player, 29th pick. What the heck are they doing? Right? Well then let me explain this side of it. When, when they were on the clock, the interior offensive line, we had a good size run on. They were that. gone. So okay. I had cam Jurgens. Is my best available interior offensive lineman. Cole Strange was number two. Yeah. So he was the second best available interior offensive line in my in my opinion. Yeah. So you say okay, well they had just had him over Cam Jurgens. Not not a big deal. Yeah. Um, and then when you dig in, first of all, I talked to several teams that wanted were targeting him early third round. Which if teams are targeting somebody in the mm-hmm. early third round, I means he's probably going to go in the second round because right. a lot of people like him and think he's a good player. So then we go okay, well he's a second round player went in the first round, not a big deal. Then when you look at the background. 44 starts, which you love.
6: Older dude. Considered
4: yeah. considered all the service academies to go to school. He had the grades. He's an engineering major, um, and he plays with a bulldog mentality. We had talked about it after the senior bowl. He would get killed in a rep, and then he would come back and win mm-hmm. a rep. Ultra, ultra competitive. We did the Brian Baldinger comp with the face mask, the one bar down the middle. It's- but I'm like, okay, so you've got a profile match with the Patriots. He's the second best available interior offensive lineman, which they wanted to target, and probably goes in the second round. So when you add all that stuff up together, I guess what I'm saying is it shouldn't be all that strange that they
6: took. Hey, strange. there you go. Yeah. I mean, they did have a pick at 50th at 50 overall. Maybe, you know, yeah, maybe he was he, gone by then and they didn't want to miss out. No,
4: yeah. And, and you don't know. And and yeah. that's what they say. And they say, look, our goal is to draft starting players. And yeah. if he's going to
6: start for us, he he cares it's where a he's, good he pick. Who cares yeah. where he goes? Yep. Exactly right. All right. Let's move to 30. Karloftis. That's you, Buck. Stuff. Rhett went out of
4: order, by the way. Buck. Yeah, you went strange when I was supposed to go strange. But oh, that's my bad. But yep, that's my bad. You know, that's my when you do a crossover. Yeah. when you do a crossover episode, Shoot. you know, look at that. That's see, happen. That's, that's okay. <laughs> All right, Where are we <laughs> at now? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let uh, let's just let's uh I, is I go ahead. I can see Carlota.
5: Go do so, so, is going to the Kansas City Chiefs. I love this because what it does is last year when they got Melvin Ingram he brought a little nasty to that team that they were lacking. So then you get George as a power player, to put alongside Chris Jones opposite Frank Clark. It gives them something different because they also need to stop the run. This is a power guy who is really good against the run. It helps them up front.
4: Yeah, again, address that defense. That was their focus. Paired why up why you, with McDuffie. The, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. two and two high floor players. If yeah. we're going to use the floor. Why don't you go ahead on Dax Hill? You to do Dax?
6: Sure. Go, uh, so the Bengals, you know, they were again, one of those teams that based on what they did in free agency, like gave themselves some real options to take who they felt like, you know, was the best available player. Now, I think we all kind of felt like secondary was a place they could still look to improve despite getting, you know, Chido B. Wouzier last year. You know, Eli Apple got, uh, you know, had some struggles in the Super Bowl, as we saw at the very end. And then uh, they brought in Mike Hilton, too, which I thought played pretty well in the slot for them. And so, like, I, I considered when I was filling out my mock draft, I considered Dax Hill there. But I was like, oh, maybe an outside corner would be a little bit better. Kyler Gordon, perhaps, went early second. They ended up going Dax Hill. And yeah. I, I still think, you know, opportunity to be an upgrade there at 31. So, uh, nice work there by the Bengals.
4: All right. Last pick, Minnesota Vikings, after trading back, they end up taking Lewis Seen and uh lewis seen again georgia defense just ridiculous um but lewis seen to me i was talking to a head coach defensive head coach smart dude and said this was his favorite player in the draft Mm. and i I said well well, why he said first of all he's he he's brilliant with the way he talks about this defense incredibly smart and he said just there's like a warrior mentality to him there's just a warrior spirit and people think that's hokey when you say stuff like that but you can tell when you're around guys and you kind of you get a feel for kind of a presence and a leadership and a little bit of aura. And he said, this dude has that. He's like, I'll bet. I'll bet on this guy.
6: And so I did a uh, on Tuesday of draft week or Monday was I uh, did a uh, Twitter spaces with a bunch of Georgia alums in the NFL it was uh, Sony Michelle uh, it was McCole Hardman and Roquan Smith. Yeah, And uh, we got to talking about Lewis scene and uh, Roquan was like, Lewis, if you're listening, big fella. Lower your target area because you are <laughs> going to spend some cash at the next level if you keep hitting the way you do in college. Yeah. So yeah, just lower that target area a little bit, but he can
4: bring the thunder. We know that. Yeah, he's a good player. So I like that pick. They yeah. traded down. I did not think that they got the value they should have got when they traded down, but in terms of the picks. Yeah. Um, but I love the player uh, that they came with there and, and Lewis seen.
1: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing.
5: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: Hey, won't That's my, my day, day,
8: <laughs> Hey guys, it's Ray from the Bobby Bone show here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an Adventure Ready RAV4. Let's go. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the hills to the trails all over. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating up to eight passengers. Yeah. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer, check out amazing national sales event deals on RAV4s, Highlanders, and more. Visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com.
2: Toyota, let's go places. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood, a brand that's truly close to my heart because it was founded in my kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton. Today, Laird Superfood boasts an amazing lineup of products all crafted with the highest quality plant-based ingredients. Think functional mushrooms, real fruits and veggies. What makes us unique? We're committed to using only real ingredients, no artificial and no natural flavors. Two of my absolute favorites are prebiotic daily greens, really great tasting, and we've added some mushrooms to support your gut even a little more. Then there's our instant latte lineup. We've got instant mocha, instant latte, chai, if you want to discover Laird Superfood, you can do it at your local retailer, on Amazon, or at LairdSuperfood.com. superfoodcom And if you put in the code GABBY2024 on our website, you'll get an exclusive 20% off your first purchase.
4: All right, it's time to uh, it's time to get to team building presented by Upwork where you can build the team that will build your business. Learn more at Upwork com um, All right. The draft. We're going to take one draft here and just kind of dig into it in uh, a piece. So we each take a draft that we love. Sure. I'll start off here with the Jets. It talked about it. They look, they should have a dominant draft when you have four picks in the top 38. You should come away with four good players. I don't think in any any, uh, any way possible. I thought they would come away with Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, and then also trade up for Brees Hall. Uh, so Sauce Gardner was my top corner. Garrett Wilson was my top receiver. Yeah, Brees Hall was my top running back. <laughs> and then we got three players I thought were the best at their position. And Jermaine Johnson, Buck, you tell me, if a year from now we look back on the season and Jermaine Johnson led all rookies in sacks, would you be surprised?
5: Not at all because his game. We saw it. <laughs> yeah. we, we saw the yeah. explosive trace. We saw his ability to get there. I think it's funny when you talk about the Jets and what they were able to accomplish and I find it fascinating that Joe Douglas came from Baltimore uh, by way of Philly. And so when I look at the Baltimore Ravens in their draft, and you worked in the building, but I've always believed from the outside looking in, the Baltimore Ravens have always committed to taking the best player available. They're not as hung up on needs. They want great players. If the great player is sitting there, they're going to take them. And so when I think about just the four picks, Cal Hamilton, Outstanding. We talked about him possibly being the best defender in the draft. Tyler Lindemann was the best center. There's some questions about size, but in terms of watching him play, you talked about the bully mentality that showed up. David Ojabo, off the edge, the explosiveness, but having the inside. Familiarity. Inside. Mike McDonald being able to do it. Travis Jones up front, we saw him. By the way, Ojabo, how cool is it, him and
4: Owe and their, and their background That's and awesome. their connection together. It's, it's be right there.
5: there. Being able to be back. So Travis Jones is another one. But then, I believe... The two picks in the fourth round were to get Charlie Kolar and Isaiah Likely. To me, if you go back and look at how Lamar Jackson Jackson played, he played better when they had all the tight ends on the field. So let's bring that back. I know you're a little upset with us because we got rid of Hollywood, but I think they actually made it where the game can be better and easier for Lamar Jackson by adding these tight ends. To go with the guy that they're.
4: So we we've talked about this before about one of the things that they do in their track record is they double up at positions. Yep. So when you go back through and look through their history, um, and oh, you look at the tight a end time. position, they did it with Pitta and Dixon, I believe, right the yeah, first Pitta, time. Pitta
5: and Egg Dixon. And, yeah. then, and, then and then they H- came Andrews Hurst, and uh, uh, Hurst, Hurst, James
4: Hurst, Hayden. Hayden. Oh, so, so Hayden Hurst, yeah. yeah. James Hurst, to tackle. Yeah. Hayden Hurst. Yeah. James North Hurst Carolina. by the North Carolina. North Carolina. I saw a Clowney play against Hurst. Uh, Oh, in, in a game, but yeah, so they, that's their, that's their philosophy. What's, what's a draft that stood out to you?
6: Yeah, look, I think the Houston Texans, um, you know, we talked yeah, about it at one. the top with Stingley and green as their first round picks, but I really loved what they did on day two. Uh, they went with Jalen Petrie, got some speed there at safety to replace Justin Reed, who ended up leaving. And then you get John Mechie kind of add into, you know, as, as maybe a little bit more of you know, like your middle of the field receiver, you got Nico Collins last year, a little bit of the, the physical big, bigger body guy. And then you already got the speedster extending Brandon cook. So I think it's a contract extension for the first time in his career. Um, so I, I thought that was nice. Then Christian Harris upgrades the, the athleticism at linebacker. Because remember, Zach Cunningham, they just straight up cut in the middle of the season last year. And so he kind of fills that void. I, I even really liked it. Damian Pierce, bowling a china chop, kind of running back there. And he needed a little bit more in the run game production. He had 13 touchdowns, had more rushing yards against that that stout Georgia defense than any running back did in this entire draft. Uh, so I, I, I think that really helps him in the fourth round. Thomas Booker is a guy that we kind of liked as a solid, smart player uh, to be up there on the defensive line you know, maybe on the interior there for Lovey Smith there in the fifth round. So I thought they did real good. If I could just give you a quick honorable mention yeah. for a team that didn't have a first round pick that I thought did really well. Three of my favorite players go to the Indianapolis Colts with Alec Pierce, Jelani Woods at tight end and Bernard Ryman at tackle.
4: Yeah. they. And if you look at all the athletic scores in terms of taking way up there, big time, they got, they. <laughs> you know, that's something Chris yeah. Bauer's into. Yeah. You think about the traits they got very athletic, all right? That was team building presented by Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at Upwork.com. Right,
6: All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to discuss the quarterbacks. We had nine quarterbacks go, including Mr. Irrelevant. So we'll do it from 20 to 62, where we had the first and the last coming off right after this quick break.
1: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com
0: slash investing in America. Now is the time to accelerate innovation.
5: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube,
3: or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: Hey, he be That's my dang,
3: my <laughs> hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort. And advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma. Delivering trail dominating power and captivating style, the new Tacoma was born to make your off roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
2: Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by
3: Laird Superfood,
2: a brand that's truly close to my heart because it was founded in my kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton. Today, Laird Superfood boasts an amazing lineup of products, all crafted with the highest quality plant-based ingredients. Think functional mushrooms, real fruits and veggies. What makes us unique? We're committed to using only real ingredients, no artificial and no natural flavors. Two of my absolute favorites are prebiotic daily greens, really great tasting. And we've added some mushrooms to support your gut even a little more. Then there's our instant latte lineup. We've got instant mocha, instant latte, chai, If you want to discover Laird Superfood, you can do it at your local retailer on Amazon or at LairdSuperfood.com. And if you put in the code Gabby2024 on our website, you'll get an exclusive 20% off your first purchase.
6: All right, let's pick this back up. This is Move the Sticks and NFL Inside Report. A little crossover podcast production here for you as we wrap up the NFL draft, taking a look at the quarterbacks here. And look, at, it, it set all the records, I guess, in the, in the wrong way for quarterbacks, uh, especially for me. who had four going in the first round. Let's, let's <laughs> not dig into that. Uh, did hit some of the team fits, though. They just ended up getting the quarterbacks later. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, we talked about that going to the uh, to the, uh with the Pit Panthers quarterback Kenny Pickett. So he just goes to the other side of the building there. That certainly fits. Let's get into those third round guys. Ritter, Willis, and Corral. I mean, DJ, you got to start with with the Falcon selection of Ritter yeah. who also had the guy you comped him to on their roster. Yeah, it's funny when that
4: works out that yeah. way. So and Ritter had actually even self comped himself or To
6: Marcus Mariota. Comped
4: himself to yeah. Marcus Mariota. So um and I think from from my brief time around Desmond Ritter and having been around Marcus Mariota a little bit, these guys are going to compete. It's going to be a good competition. They're, they're gonna, both great they're dudes, great guys, yeah. man. Uh, and both guys are just winners and and tough and loved by their teammates. So um, I, I think that's a that's an interesting pick there for the Atlanta Falcons. Buck I think he's he's got a chance to get on the field this year. I don't think he'll start the season, but I think we're going to see Desmond Ritter sometime this year.
5: Yeah. Really? So I do. Up, I think he, we had a I chance
4: think, see, I, we're going to get a chance to evaluate him this year because they need to find out. Look, he was a third round pick. You're not like you're big-time, heavily invested in But I would like to, in a team that I don't think is winning anything this year, I would like
5: to know a little bit of what I got. In See, I, I actually point, think I'm the sure. third-round status of all these guys take all the pressure off. Oh, it takes, my, a, it takes some there's pressure. There's no pressure, but yeah. uh, in my mind, I don't even think it's a competition. I don't even <laughs> think it's a competition.
4: No, you. but 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 there's a difference between saying it's not a competition and he's not going to play all year long. Uh, I mean, That's wouldn't, true. You, wouldn't you want to
5: look at him a little bit? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Depends on
4: how we're going. We may win some games. You're not winning games. Marcus Mariota may, may
5: lead us to win games. And so – With that in mind, let's go to the next guy, Malik Willis. And this is what I love about the Malik Willis pick. There's no pressure to put him on the field because Ryan Tannehill has played at a Pro Bowl level before. Let's take the playoff game out of it, and let's take the way that they kind of played the season without Derrick Henry out of it because it's too much on him. You could potentially have an opportunity to do with Malik Willis what they did with Steve McNair. It took Steve McNair two years before he was able to get on the field. Chris Chandler was there at the time. They fully redshirted. Then redshirted him again before he had an opportunity to play. For Malik Willis, it may be a long road before he gets onto the field, but I can't think of a better situation, a better mentor than Ryan Tannehill in a scheme where you have a run-dominant feel to it. I think it's perfect for what he is. So here's my question.
4: Um, Let's see here. I wanted to pull it up if I could see the – I'm gonna look at their schedule. Ah, we don't have it yet. I know what the schedule's not up. but I want to know their opponents are. Yeah. I wonder if there are if there are legitimately games in the Titans' schedule that they could say, you know what, Tannehill, wideouts, get, settle down, get healthy, yeah. yeah, take a week. Yeah, we're, we're gonna, gonna go start in the league and, Derek and we're going to run the ball every play. <laughs> yeah. And with our with our running game and with him complementing the running game and our defensive line, we're good. We're good with that. We do that. We'll do that. Two two. This is like two extra buys. Two extra buys I mean, for the wideouts and the quarterbacks. So guys, just take a break. Malik, Malik, you give us 20 carries. <laughs> Derek, you give us 25 carries. Yeah. We're cooking with gas.
6: I, I mean, I, I look, Bill Belichick did it with Mac Jones last year. Yeah. I know the weather dictated it in, up in Buffalo, but yeah, you could see something like that happening. And look, we talked about it with, with Tennessee. Like, you're going to have to make a call on Ryan Tannehill next year. Like, he's going to be your starter this year. We know that. But like, you've got an out, a manageable out in his, in his contract next year. He's going to be 35 years old. Like, are you going to pay him another 40 mil? Yeah. Per? No, no, this is so going to be it. This is going to be his last play. year. It just made
4: sense. But I mean, by the way, I remember being in Baltimore during those playoff games with Tennessee and with Eddie George yeah, yeah. and Steve McNair.
6: Oh my gosh. It's going to look exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. Back. No, it's great. Uh, all right. I'll get to Matt Corral here, who was the third quarterback taken in the third round. By the way, not necessarily a surprise to not see these guys go in the first round, (laughs) the second round.
4: I thought they would go a
6: hundred percent. Right. All right. So anyway, they all go in the third, uh, almost all of them rather. So the Panthers come back up. They trade another future pick to come back up at the tail end of the third round and make corral the 94th overall pick. You had to, you had to think they love the release. Uh, They love the competitiveness of him. They love some of that toughness that we saw with him running the football. And You know, now he's there with with Sam Darnold. Do you think that's a true competition? By the way, uh, no.
4: Well, I don't think it will be. I think Sam will be the guy. But correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Corral... I know he was committed to USC at one point in time. Did the timing... Because when he was younger, say if he committed as a sophomore, wouldn't that have been Sam at SC at that time?
5: It might have been. He was committed. I thought he He was. He was committed. He went through
4: through a bunch of different things. But yeah, they're both from out here. They know. I'm sure they know. I actually think,
5: once again, I think it's another great situation. I think, one, the situation for Sam... I would like to see him go into a situation where, look, if people say like he's a cat, he's got a million lives, but let's go into the situation where it's clear and apparent that he is the They gave him a tackle to try to help him up front. They yeah. have Christian McCaffrey coming back. Let's see if he can be what people thought he was. Because remember, he was drafted very high. Give him every Third opportunity overall. to be that player. And then with Mackerel, I think it's a nice developmental situation. There's no pressure to put him on the field. Um, yeah. I like it. I like the way it looks. Uh,
6: I, I mean, maybe the biggest head-scratcher of all of them was – Belichick going back-to-back rookie quarterbacks fairly early with uh, with Bailey Zappi as the 32nd pick of the fourth round. Now joining Mac Jones, who they just drafted last year, kind of very similar in terms of you know mental um, you know acuity there, the way that they can process things, but. My, my comp for Zappi, by the way,
4: was Chase Daniel. Yeah. Chase Daniel's still playing in this league. Long time. His, uh, Bailey Zappi will have a long career. I don't think he's going to be a starter personally. I think he gets you out of a game here, maybe start with
5: two here. Brian Hoyer probably
6: on the back end here yeah. as a backup. Yeah, we'll that guy.
5: Well, see, that's the thing. And the other thing, there's a little bit of a precedent with the, with the Patriots because remember, they took Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. And they came right back and took Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. And so they do it with these young quarterbacks. And if he never develops into being a starter, but he is their long term backup, it is well worth it. Mac Jones has played well, but this guy. We were talking about trying to find someone who is a passer who's efficient. If I was playing flag football, this would be my all-time oh, quarterback. Yeah, no oh yeah, I don't Bailey? know if there's anybody yeah. better than Bailey Zappi.
4: If you're into, I mean, think about the way Mac plays. Now Mac's way more talented, but he's a completion collector.
5: Yeah,
6: and that's what Bailey Zappi is. Seven picks later,
4: both trained with same guy, right? Yeah,
6: with David Morris. Oh. So they know each other. They trained with each other again. This, you know, this draft process. with Mac and Bailey. All right, same Howell. That one shocked me, guys.
4: That was the big. If you told me. Of all the quarterbacks, where they went, who they went to. First if you told me Sam Howell was going to be in the fifth round, I said, are no way. There's no way. And we can talk about this quarterback class being underwhelming and it's down, it's not what he's been. That dude should have gone before.
5: That's disrespectful. That's disrespect. yeah. it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful how we treat they, they the quarterbacks as if they were this
4: one. Particularly, and he could play. I can argue he could play this year. I can argue the other ones, okay, value where they got him. I can I get it. Sam Howell,
5: he hundred and forty fourth pick. Come on, man. Yeah. So, but come on, but the situation for him is actually pretty good because he'll have an opportunity. He's an upgrade over Tyler Heineke. He gives them a chance to kind of develop and kind of figure it out. And look, he goes in as a fifth round pick. He has to kind of play and fight his way out out of that quarterback situation. But we'll see.
4: Yeah. All right. Uh, we, the the like, last three, anybody interests you with Ola Wakan, Skylar Thompson, Brock Purdy, guys. Look, Purdy's a competitor.
6: Like I I like that dude. Like he, he was with us at the Shrine Bowl, so was Skylar Thompson. Is Mr. irrelevant? Why not?
4: By the way, I almost felt bad at the end because I, I said on the air I said it is kind of ironic that a quarterback. Is Mr. supposed irrelevant to be relevant, yeah. Because it just that's what this draft was this year. And yeah. it's that it showed us. I mean, and Buck I give I give Bucky a lot of credit. Man, you caught all kinds of heck. You did no quarterbacks in the first round. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. people said you're crazy. Yeah. Darn near right, man. And
5: so that this is what the league thought of his quarterbacks this year. mean I feel like we buried the league. Are we not going to say anything about the Steelers drafting two quarterbacks in the draft?
6: Oh, yeah. They pulled the Washington command. They pulled the Washington oh, uh, thing, right? Ocon. yeah. yeah with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They did Kirk and uh, RG three and then come back with uh Ola to join Pickett at two forty one. So now the Steelers will have Mason Rudolph, and they'll have uh, they'll have Trubisky, Mitch, yeah. and they'll have Pickett and uh, Oladokun. So, yeah. a lot of QBs. It is
4: Oladokun's not going to get a lot of reps, guys. Yeah, but practice well, squad. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, all right, that was uh, fun. All right, anything else you guys want to add before we get out of here? This was fun. By the way, thanks to everybody uh, for oh, hanging with us through this whole run up. I mean, we've had we've had so much fun with uh, not only doing the Move the Sticks audio pod. It's yeah. been a TV show, which we were able to carry all the way through the draft. That was which, really cool. Which was really cool. Thanks for being along. Um, doing path, yeah. doing mock draft, uh, weekly mock draft live. What do we call that thing? Yeah. Mock draft live. There you go. Yeah. Um, so it's been so much stuff that we've been doing And you guys have been great to to hang with us this whole time. I do want to give a special shout out to Nabil because it's kind of a lot to to juggle. Oh, I I don't know if you guys, I
5: don't know if you guys notice, but like, we got, we know like you can call Nabil was on the Saturday pod Saturday. was, he was a star. He was, he was what? Oh, you didn't know this. I don't know. I'm out of the loop. You're so busy. So it it was Nabil, Rhett. Red was busy doing his duty. So, yeah. Bill and I chopped it up. He jumped in. And so, we did a 30 wow. minute podcast. We did a 30 minute podcast that was supposed to be on the leak, and we spent 25 minutes talking about the Packers and all their
4: people. Nice. Ah! Of course, you did. Of course, you did. <laughs>
5: I feel like a proud
4: I feel like a proud father. Right you now. should.
6: Yeah, you should just Watching
4: him. Just watching him just grow up before our very eyes. Oh, my <laughs> like God. Like a proud father amazing. with a baby with a very full head of hair. A full, yes. yeah. full,
5: full head of hair. He even went out and got a brand new microphone for the event.
4: Did he? Yes, nice. He he that's nice what I'm talking about. You know, you you know Bill, how are we doing? Are you, doing? Are you got, have you have you already got offers? Are you leaving us now?
6: No, I'm good. Uh, you know, it's still staying. Soon control. enough. Soon enough. The that day's coming. coming.
4: That day's coming. He's a rising star. Yes.
6: Nabil. Hazan.
4: Uh, all right. Hey, we, we're not uh, we're not done here. We we'll have another episode no. for you this week. And uh, we appreciate you guys hanging with us. Rhett, you thanks, want to say anything yeah, to your just crossover? Th- folks thanks to all
6: there? the NFL inside report folks for uh, for for jumping along for the ride as well. Trying to give uh, everybody just kind of those little insights, you know, with uh, we had Tom and Ian on uh, earlier in the week. Uh, basically, which we talked for about 30 minutes trying to uh, find Tom Pellicero Wi-Fi in Las Vegas. So that's just the kind of stuff that we give you each and every week um, (laughs) over on NFL Inside Report. But uh, yeah, this was the perfect place for us to do a little crossover, um, you know, bring the Move the Sticks fans over to the NFL Inside Report side and back, you know, vice versa.
4: Well, I feel like we've tried to give you guys stuff, so we're going to turn around and ask you to give us something. If you yes. can go into the comments on Apple Podcasts. Yep. We're getting ready to enter into the offseason. We've done a lot of different things during the offseason, Buck. We love diving yep. into some leadership stuff. We love talking to coaches in different sports. Any ideas you have for us for off season content that you guys would be interested in, drop it in the uh, comments yep. there on, on Apple Podcasts, and we'll see what we, we, uh, see what we can do. Appreciate Thanks, you. We'll see you next time right here on Move the Six and NFL Inside Report.
0: This is the lunch rush at your
4: local deli. Orders are flying in. Online, on the phone, and in person. Order for Nick. So is it possible that fast internet can help your business outrun the rush? It is with Comcast Business. Powering your connected devices with gig speed Wi-Fi
8: and fast downloads and uploads. With Comcast Business, next level speed isn't just possible, it's happening. Comcast Business. Powering possibilities. Requires
1: gigabit internet and compatible router. Actual speeds vary.